Well, shall we, shall we? So I'm curious, well, not to be curious, but I am curious. Who, who was here last week by chance? Okay, so we have a good mix. Um, I'll just hop right in. I'm glad we're all here, if anyone remembers that. Um, but again, my name is uh, Eli, and welcome back for those of you who were here last week, and then welcome to those of you who uh, may be returning after a while, after the retreat, um, perhaps for the first time. Uh, tonight's a s- kind of a second in a two-part uh, class, and it, you know it's not really a second, but last week uh, we watched a movie that I thought depicted a certain aspect of, of kindness, which um, I'll touch base on later, um, and tonight I just wanted to carry on the theme and actually talk a little bit more um, about kindness. Uh, the reason I chose kindness um, was a, a prompt from my daughter, which I'll get to, but Kindness is one of the most common words to describe Buddhists um, or what Buddhist practice cultivates. And yet, I think kindness is one of the most perceived words uh, that we have to actually speak about this particular state or quality of being. Um, If you've been around Zen uh, very often, you know that we're not supposed to have a a gaining mind. Um, But uh, since you know kindness is something that you may cultivate while practicing Zen, and you're here at Young Urban Zen, I thought you might want to have a better idea of what it is you're cultivating. Um, before we start, I also want to give a couple of prompts uh, or questions that I hope will help you kind of engage a little bit more um, this evening, whether you agree or, or possibly disagree with what I uh, bring up, but I've found these questions useful um, in coming to a better relation with how my conditioned mind uh, meets kindness and what kindness means to me. So the first one was, how were you introduced to kindness? So for a moment, I know we just sat, but I invite you to uh, reflect inward. You could close your, excuse me, your eyes for a minute or so, uh, but just if you can, Uh, sense back or feel back when was the first time you experienced kindness and there's no right or wrong way to approach this just perhaps what comes to mind what age you were and wherever you're at right now maybe just see if there's perhaps anything earlier to touch into. It might be a time before you even uh, had words for what kindness was. Okay, you can come back now. So for many of us, depending on the not only the factors that you just brought to mind, uh, a great deal of, of the way your condition took place way before you even had words to explain or understand it. So some of the questions that I hope you walk away hearing tonight are what kindness means to you or what does kindness mean to you? Uh, Where does kindness come from? Is kindness in action uh, something that is done or is it something more subtle and inherent? Many of you who know me uh, know that that what I'm practicing with or what I'm inspired by a lot of it comes from my daughter Maya, who was here last week. Um, 
And some of you got a chance to meet her. Uh, she's six years old. And as I was explaining last week, the past few, like year and a half, two years, have been pretty intense with questions um, around complicated subjects, at least for me, like death, uh, afterlife, um, why there are food insecurities, or why we walk by people on the street that are clearly um, in need of help. And so recently we were driving, we have a little 10-minute drive to, to kindergarten every morning up over uh, the hill uh, going north here, and she'll often, you know, give me a little Q&A during those times. And so we were writing and she goes, Papa, can you be too kind? It's like, oh. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I'm a good Papa. You know, I, I can be kind. I'm a good. And, uh, and no, she really meant, um, you know, can somebody be too kind? And I had to think about it. So I invite you for a moment to, again, drop in and just consider, uh, can you be too kind? Again, no right or wrong answer, but perhaps something to reflect on. So I go ahead and, uh, okay, I got less of a moment than you all got. So I replied uh, to her thinking that I might know where she was going with this. So I, I thought someone was being maybe overly nice to her, um, you know, almost like annoying or sarcastic. And I'm imagining like, you know, kindergartners doing that. And um, I'm like, honey, do you mean someone is being really kind, trying to be like annoying? And she goes, no, no, that's not what I meant. And I asked her to tell me more. And then she was quiet. Usually that just means conversation's over or um, I don't know. She's whatever. And a few minutes later, she, she goes, and this is like back in, in February. Uh, she went on to tell me, she said, hey, I learned about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. today. And so this is like, you know, Black History Month. I'm like, ah, yeah, cool. That's, that's, that's awesome. She said, do you want, to, you want to know what we learned about him? I'm like, yeah, I want to know. You know, I'm DEI director. You know, I want to know what they're teaching in the schools and everything. Um, you know, we're not in Florida, thank goodness. But what? It's the truth. What? You probably want to, you know, they're not going to talk about that kind of stuff. Anyways, um, so I'm like, of course. And I, I won't go into too many details. Her story was pretty much on point. You know, she knew that he led marches to, to help people that were not being treated well. He had... Uh, she had some few skewed um, things in there. She thought for some reason Asian people wanted to put him in jail with police, which I, I had to clarify. And she's Asian, so I mean, uh, you know, anyways. Um, but but that was okay. So, I, you know, I told her, um, you know, that was wonderful. You know, I, I think some of those details are, are um, maybe askew. And a few more minutes passed, and it came full circle because she goes, um, yeah, Papa, Martin Luther King and Jesus were both some of the most kindest people, and people killed them. Wow. Don't know where she learned about Jesus either. But um, again, <laughs> possibly for another talk. Um, and, and so, you know, I, you know, I said, no, honey, you know, um, you know, they were very kind, yes, but they were, you know, killed for different reasons. And, um, you know, that it wasn't because they're too kind. And of course, we pulled up to the, the school, um, so I was uh, literally uh, saved by, by the pull-up. Um, 
And she left the car, and yet I was sitting there contemplating not just only how to like explain uh, kindness to her, which is one thing, but more importantly, how to support her in cultivating it um, and embodying it herself. And so going back to the, the prompt that I had you start with at the beginning, um, and I know Maya has had immense amount of experience of, of, of expressing kindness and kindness being expressed uh, to her, but however, you know, I'm now in part responsible for helping her um, with the other questions I raised, like what does kindness mean to her? What, uh, where does it come from? Um, is kindness an action that, or something that is done? Uh, or is it something more subtle and inherent? And how this kind of pre-verbal uh, and or post-verbal orientation uh, to how we answer these questions happens early, early on in our childhood. Uh, for me, parenting, um, Marlene, as you too, I'm sure, has been this uh, very similar with, with practice. And what I mean by that is in practice, we study ourselves uh, in order to better relate to ourselves and, and others. And in parenting, we also have to study ourselves to better and more effectively uh, meet our child. And so kindness, uh, just like any other personal characteristic, emotion, feeling, or any of our you know, our senses, sight, see, smell, all of that, are parts of, uh, of us which are conditioned. Um, real quick show of hands, who's familiar with the work of Dr. Gaber Mate? Oh, damn, I like my hope for the future generations. Please, I don't, if you have to walk out right now so you have some time in your life, just go ahead, I won't be offended, but I, I really, really recommend that you... Um, just look into his work. Uh, if you're interested in, in, in practice, that may give you more practice or encouragement to practice or vice versa. Um, I really feel that, that some of his work goes hand in hand with, um, uh, with practice. Uh, he's a leader in the, the work of stress, trauma, anxiety, and uh, an authenticity, actually. And he underlines in his new book, uh, The Myth of Normal, which... I think is a good way to, to go in. It kind of encapsulates his bigger body of work. Um, and uh, he's speaking about uh, a trauma, um, which depending on our experience, completely impacts the, the way that we perceive and, and shape and express kindness. And so uh, in his book, he says, the meaning of the word trauma in its Greek origin is wound. Whether we realize it or not, it's our woundedness or how we cope with it that dictates much of our behavior, shapes our social habits, and informs our ways of thinking about the world. It can even determine whether or not we are capable of rational thought at all in matters of the greatest importance of our life. Or excuse me, let me re say that. It can even determine whether or not we are capable of rational thought at all in matters of uh, the greatest importance of our life, lives. For many of us, it rears its head in our greatest partnerships, causing all kinds of relational mischief. So in hearing this, what came to me is, regardless of the magnitude of trauma one endures, uh, it can have a huge impact on how we come to experience and express kindness, uh, as well as our relationship to it. He also says that we kill ourselves trying to be too kind. He doesn't actually say too kind. He says the word nice. Um, however, I often uh, think we confuse kindness with this behavior uh, that we call nice. 
uh, humans have a deep need to belong, a deep need to be loyal, a deep need to be liked, and this is at the basis of our, our needs. Any kind of modern, uh, you know, day psychology will say that. Uh, and when we get taught that in order to get those things that we need, we must act nice or be kind, um, is really a pattern that a lot of us kind of uh, are set up. Um, you know, really, in order to get our needs met, we learn this thing called being nice. And statistically speaking, this actually impacts um, women at a way higher rate than um, than, than males, but um, is something that is, is kind of really conditioned usually at an early age and ends up shaping um, the ways that we all engage with the world. So kindness is something that we kind of end up learning as a concept, a way to be kind. And most of us learn that it's something that we do. Uh, some of us do get, you know, led to cultivate an inner, inner kindness, kind of maybe like I'm trying to do with Maya. Um, but even in, in those circumstances, uh, society as a whole does not support cultivating kindness, uh, and rather the opposite, invoking shame self-consciousness, doubt, and so on. In addition, uh, we're conditioned to believe that kindness is something that we do outwardly and is optional. And it's increasingly kind of, I think, held as something that's conditional. You know, does that deserve kindness or do I deserve kindness? Uh, perhaps, uh, you know, we get better karma uh, even in, in, you know, the... Kind of, I think this is set off with, and this is all good stuff. I'm not saying it's bad, but the acts of random kindness um, kind of campaigns or even the, the pay it forward videos that go viral. Uh, we also uh, grow up hearing things like kindness is a weakness. I don't need to get a hand raise. I'm sure everyone's heard that. Uh, or we're kind of inspired to worry that someone will take advantage of our kindness. So because of this, uh, these conditions we're exposed to, most of us grow up struggling, strategizing, and storytelling around kindness. And we try to be nice. Uh, we expect others to be nice and then have judgments around how well we or others perform this expression. In doing this, we actually hinder, distort, and more so lose our authenticity. And that whole you know, nice thing. Authenticity is actually what suffers most in that conditioning. Uh, when you lose your authenticity, it's the greatest factor to anxiety, depression, poor health, and disease. So, and, and this is true because people say genetics, this, genetics, that. It, that's in, in statistics, it's not a, a true, uh, it might set the tone, but this lack of authenticity uh, sets the fire to, to dry brush. Uh, so kindness is not nice. I'm here to say that. Kindness is not something extra. It's actually inherent to every single moment. And this leads me back to my daughter's question, can you be too kind? No. Hell no. No, 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 no. Uh, it's inherent to all of us. It's inherent to you right now. Kindness simply is. Last week, we watched the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse which I recommend, you could just do it, make it a double night, a little movie, little Gabramante, sit some Zazen. Um, and, and my friend here, Bertha, asked, well, why did you show us such a movie? Um, and besides, besides the feeling that it captures the essence of Buddhist 
principles, through um, its health, heartfelt journey um, of friendship, self-discovery. Uh, it also explores compassion, interconnectedness, mindfulness, um, attuning to your belongings, um, and really reminding us of the profound wisdom uh, found in embracing kindness and embracing the present moment. For those who have not seen it um, and are familiar with like AI and that the capabilities there, I said that this is the turning test or the test that would prove maybe that AI is more, more intelligent uh, if it can make uh, an a, sentimented, a sentimental animated movie more gushy and it pulls at the heart. Um, and there's more that I didn't bring up last week when I answered your question. Uh, for me, it, it really also did touch a deep part of my conditioning that is a little left, less uh, suspicious, um, that's more trusting and less defended. Um, and I think we all have maybe that part that I had you go like touch back into um, probably was a little less defended than the, the person that sits here now. Um, it really felt like a more early version of my attunement to life. For me, at least, before 10 years old, that's when I feel like maybe toxic masculinity kind of got pumped into the bloodstream a little bit more. And um, at the same time, for me, I have a condition called alopecia. I lost most of my hair. It was actually back and forth for that time. But, you know, I got teased, picked on, so on and so forth, which brought forth a great deal of ill will. Yes, I'm going to talk about some Buddhist concepts. I will get there. But um, it will. And so this is uh, um, one of the precepts, if you're not familiar, uh, that we have is not to harbor ill will. Um, and how kindness manifests in us is impacted by how we practice with ill will and how we formed whatever version of that that we uh, carry with us. Uh, what also struck me about this movie is uh, thinking in uh, in relation to using it as a, a thing of kindness, there was a lot of internal kickback, which I did not speak to uh, last week. I didn't feel like it was appropriate enough to fit in. I wanted to let people have their feelings. Uh, but I did have some irritation and discomfort um, about the simplicity and the directness in the message of trust and friendship, like yeah, that's not how it works in the real world. Uh, plus, it was kind of this, to be frank, like this little white kid, little white boy who's, uh, to my impression, like fairly well off, lives in like the, this like nice country land, gets to hang out in the snow with little animals and be in his feelings. That sounds really harsh, but there's literally a part of me I have to check out, and it's like, okay, and sucking my teeth kind of. Um, so I have to study the part of me that has resistance to trusting or allowing kindness. And so I, I don't know if that lives in you in some shape, form, or fashion, but have you ever seen some kindness and, like, it irritates you? I don't know. That, that maybe that's just me, or you're, like, or you've, you're salty because of it. I don't know. Or, or, or you see something and you're just, like, jaded, like, yeah, that's not how it is. I don't know. Um, but uh, ultimately, the, the movie was a representation of embodied presence, vulnerability, uh, and ultimately kindness. So it felt like a good way for me to start this conversation or expression with my daughter. And you got in, involved uh, somehow. So how does um, kindness be a state rather than something you do? How does it become an embody embodiment like compassion as the Buddha taught? So, as I mentioned, uh, it's one of the most used words to describe Buddhists. Um, however, there aren't a lot of direct teachings uh, 
to, in Buddhism, to that actual kind of word or that translation. So I thought I would speak to some of those breadcrumbs. You can go back and and get more later. But the biggest one in, in kind of, well, they're all big, uh, is the Bodhisattva ideal. So the Bodhisattva ideal is just the the Bodhisattva path. Um, it's central to Mahayana Buddhism and, of course, Zen. And uh, Bodhisattvas, just by definition, are enlightened beings who vow to alleviate the suffering of all sentient beings and dedicate themselves to service uh, of others. Uh, the second uh, breadcrumb for you to follow up on is metta practice, loving kindness. I'm sure that most of you have been introduced to that. It's usually more in the Theravadan realm, um, but you know, cultivating love for yourself, others you know, going outward, and even those who that you you know do not have a lot of care for. And this is to build a deep sense of empathy um, and benevolence uh, uh, to the world and our daily lives. Um, the next one is again like top of the list for Buddhism, and that's just uh, the concept of non-harming. Um, and in, that's in all Buddhist traditions. Um, it's kind of an upheld central value. It involves an, uh, avoiding actions that are um, harmful to yourself or to others, either physically or mentally. Uh, the next one is compassion and empathy. Those are pretty straightforward. Those are kind of the core Factors uh, in that are spoken to a great deal um, and essential qualities for awakening uh, in practice. Through Zazen and what we were just doing, we were actually developing a, a deeper understanding of interconnectedness, um, and that actually will lead to a different relationship with us and others. So when I was saying that Zazen is kindness, you're, you're you know, the Buddha, that Buddha, you're like that. But there's a lot of Buddhas that's touching the ground. All right, this is accepting this very moment, this very being as it is, all your pieces, the things you don't like. That's kindness, to just sit and allow that. So again, this is something that in the realm of at least practice, it's something that's constant. It is um, persistent. You, it's not like I hit the bell kind of, everything you can do with eyes and uh, a mind of kindness. Um, there's two more ones. Uh, Mindful presence, um, very, you know, mindfulness and awareness, we become more attuned with the needs of ourselves and those around us. And that in itself uh, will foster more kindness. And then the last one is service and generosity. Um, there's tons of, of data out on altruism of, um, of actually giving and how healthy um, it is for you. So that's another uh, vein couple more things I wanted to say before I, I wrap up, and that was just to, to bring in, um, uh, be, you know, like the heavy hitters at the end, uh, just speak to my uh, teacher and also Suzuki Roshi. My um, teacher, Rinzo Ed Sadazan, is known for his profound kindness. I know some of you have gotten a chance to practice with him or talk with him, and I asked him, like, well, you know, like, what's your, what's your go-to? You know, how do you... How do you how are you, you? Because um, I have a lot of rough edges. I, you know, I'm kind of maybe soft and playful up here, but I have a very er, uh, edge about me. Those who, who habitate with me or work with me know, uh, <laughs> know that, that part of me a little bit more. Um, and he said, really, he, like he always does, Suzuki Roshi. Um, she lived in or you know, practiced with uh, Suzuki Roshi. And there's two kind of 
things he emphasizes that he holds very key, and it's how Suzuki Roshi uh, replied in a question and answer. Um, basically, someone was talking about um, their the issues with the people on their crew. Uh, it, as residents here, we work on different crews, and um, they were saying how difficult, you know, practice with people and hoping he'd give some lofty, like, oh, here's the way. And he goes and just really solemnly says, you don't know how difficult some people are to love. It's that real. Like, it's hard. Like, like no, it's not like, oh, Buddha, Buddha. Like, being kind is hard. Being kind to yourself, being kind to others uh, fully. So don't think it's easy. Uh, he also was ref uh, in a, a Q&A and um, when someone is talking about their difficulties, more or less said something to the lines of, we forget that, or sometimes we act as if our problems are more important than the fact that we're alive. And I'm like, yeah, I hear that. I'm kind of, yeah, it's good. But like, if you really think about that, I mean, my day at least will get wrapped up on some bullshit. And like, like really, like in the context of like, if I just remember it, I'm alive. Like, <sighs> there's a little kindness there. Um, and then uh, beyond that, and I'll close with this, I wanted to actually just read a couple of quotes um, from Suzuki Roshi. And it looks like I wrote two sentences in between. So, okay. Yes, there are people who will take advantage of you um, and leverage trust or kindness. I did want to mention this because uh, it's, it's something that I was going back and forth with one of my friends who's very secular, uh, not into Buddhism. Um, and... And it's the truth, you know? People may benefit, especially materially, uh, from leveraging someone's kindness. Or you, you may lose something, uh, you know, because of your kindness. But in that, that case, they're truly separate from themselves. Um, they're not in touch with reality of their ways, or possibly they don't understand or are aware of their behavior. And it's a really hard thing for us to take or hold um, as humans, and you look back in the centuries of injustice, and that's <laughs> that's an attitude that had to, to be taken uh, in order for survival. Um, so I hope you all have a better idea of what kindness means to you, perhaps. I hope that, that some of what I communicated uh, is that in Zen, uh, we express our vow through acts of kindness. Our body is vow, and uh, yeah. During, during, during acts of kindness, our body is vow. Uh, kindness is an active way of accepting the things as they are now with an open and ready heart-mind. Uh, and again, this was the Buddha touching the ground. Uh, also, kindness is you being your authentic self, your honest self, your unprotected and undefended self. And then I'll end with these three quotes from Suzuki Roshi. The first is, Compassion is not the feeling of pity we have when we see someone suffering. Compassion is when we feel with the other person. It is feeling, it is feeling for and not feeling sorry for. Uh, and then a little longer quote here. He says, without accepting the fact that everything changes, we cannot find perfect composure. But unfortunately, although it is true, it is difficult for us to accept it. Because we cannot accept the truth of transience, we suffer. So the Buddha said, everything changes, nothing remains without change. It is difficult for us to accept this truth, but once we accept it, our minds will be open to the teaching of Buddhism. If we want to change the world, 
we should try to make our own mind positive. Without positive minds, it is impossible to make a, uh, make a positive world. If we make a positive mind and a positive attitude, then it is possible to change the world in a positive way. This is our teaching. The teaching of Buddhism is very simple. If we keep a positive mind moment after moment, then we are preparing or we are practicing Buddhism. So don't be discouraged by difficulties. If you make a positive effort, you will overcome all difficulties. Don't be discouraged. Take each difficulty as a challenge and try to overcome it with a positive mind. And someday you will be able to solve all problems in the world. This is the basic teaching of Buddhism. So don't be discouraged. And then the last short one is, kindness, I think, is actually the deepest teaching of Buddha. Not to give something, but to accept people as they are. Shinryu Suzuki Roshi.